Welcome to On The Line. This is a podcast for tennis players, coaches, and fans. Um, today we have a very special show for you. Um, we are on the countdown to the United States Tennis Congress 2019, which will be at the Hilton El Conquistador in Tucson, Arizona. Um, and uh, PJ Simmons, our, our, our wonderful, beautiful leader, um, has put together what uh, we think is the dream team here of, of Emma and Tina and myself, Jenny. Um, and so we just wanted to do a little bit of a get to know you today. Um, so we're going to just kind of talk through some questions and hopefully have a little fun. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys right. think? <laughs> okay. So to start off, starting off here, it's, it's a big question. We're going to start with a big question. You got, <laughs> so what is, depends what the yes, question is. What, <laughs> what is your idea of perfect happiness on a tennis court? Great question. Right. Well, I'm going <laughs> to jump straight in. Uh, the first thing that came to mind is the moment when one of your coach, one of the coaching toolkits actually drops for the player and they get that aha moment. Uh, and you don't know what, when or why sometimes even um, something drops for somebody. Um, but I love just reaching into my toolkit and just pulling out as many different um, tools, especially um, when we can do it indirectly. That's, that's when I get a little bit of a moment of happiness and genius when, you know, when you set up that learning environment and then they, they find a way to discover it on their own based on what you, you think is already within them and they unlock that, uh, that potential. What about you, Tina Samara? Uh, that is beautiful. Tina, what about you? Um, I'd say piggyback a little bit off of that. Um, um, looking back at some of my college coaching and, and you know, a big part of what I try to teach is transition and it's not the most easily received coaching in, in women's tennis. So I got a lot of stink eyes for a while and, you know, <laughs> When, like Emma said, once that player learns the transition and starts winning points up at the net, and they kind of look at me like they they realize it works, but they don't really want to admit it yet. That that's <laughs> sure. a fun time for me. What about you, Jenny? Balls over um, to you now. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I've got the ball in my court. Um, so you know, oops, sorry, didn't mean to put my finger. Ah, whoops, whoa, hey, I'm back. Okay, so. Um, for me, this one, I, I, I've had time to think about a little bit, and um, this last year has been a little bit um, more physically difficult for me. You know, I had a, a very intense shoulder surgery, and I've been fortunate enough to not really have dealt with much injury or illness throughout my playing career or coaching career. And so, so really, to say my ideal perfect happiness on a tennis court right now is kind of being healthy um, and, and confident. And if I'm competing, um, a fair battle. You know, I never wanted to, of course, nobody wants to be on the losing end of just getting their clock cleaned. <laughs> but it's also not as much fun if you're just going to destroy somebody O&O either. I, the, my favorite um, – you know, times on the tennis court when I was competing was when it was sort of an, an equal battle, you know, a fair and equal battle and you're fighting for each point. And again, that goes back to being healthy and, and fighting. So, um, so that's sort of uh, where, where I am um, on that one. <laughs> yeah, I really, I love the, um, the enjoying the battle of competition. It's always a, a catchphrase. I never say good luck to a player. Only right. enjoy the battle of competitions. Yeah. So we're yeah. right with you there, and uh, Tina and I are not very competitive. Uh, <laughs> just sarcasm there, maybe. But ironically, two of my favorite moments as a player and as a coach were both matches that we lost, that I lost individually, and that my team lost. So. And they were because they, they were, were just really, really yeah. great battles. So even yeah. me being super competitive can appreciate a really good match. 
Yeah, I, I actually agree 100% that my favorite college match that I played is a match that I actually lost, <laughs> oddly enough. But it's like you're saying, I, I, I played well, I competed well, um, I was just bested that day, but it was fair and everything. I, it was just a good match, you know, and I felt like I learned so much coming, coming out of it. Um, so, so, yeah, I agree 100%. Um, so we're off to a good start here. This is fun, ladies. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? All right. So another um, deep question, possibly. <laughs> what is your greatest fear on a tennis court? Mm. Ah, and again, you can pass for me to go first because, like I said, I, I have the uh, the fortune. All right, we're passing to you first. Here you go. You can pass to me first. Here you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, so, um, again, I, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go back to my physical struggles of the last year. And, um, there was, there was a scary time when I thought I might not be able to play anymore. Um, so honest, honestly, my greatest fear regarding tennis is, is that there's going to be a time when I can't play or teach. Um, I, I love I love both. I love playing. I love teaching. I love coaching. Um, so the idea of not being able to do what I love to do is uh, terrifying. <laughs> really. <Yeah. laughs> oh, this is a tough one. Not yeah. I have a real fear. I mean, anytime I competed, obviously, I just wanted to, to, to play well and, and hopefully improve on the things that I've been working on. But so I guess if, if I went out and just really bombed, that, I don't know if it was a fear more than I was a little embarrassed. And, and I think also preparing players or a team for, for competition and, and, and something not working the way we hoped it would or the way we planned it, um, you hope your game plan is, is the right one. So that's, that's where I'm at with that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. When you have a plan and, and – since for whatever reason you can't execute it yeah that's that i'm fearful of that as well <laughs> falls in my court i guess uh so what definitely comes to mind and you know sometimes the reason why we study things at length uh as i'm sure we can all appreciate is when we have our own struggles and i've, I've struggled i've choked like let's be honest i have um couldn't hit my second serve, um, Ohio Valley Conference, and my second serve just left me, my kick serve just left me. <laughs> um, and then I've also, you know, been putting um, where I've just, all of a sudden, my putting has just left me. Um, my toss and backhand <laughs> left me. Um, so where so <laughs> that's my biggest fear as, as a competitor. And then recently, um, we did, we, we played in a tournament, and I think... Um, She's not bringing that up, is she? Yeah, I'm bringing it up, because it's... it's <laughs> I did not give consent for this to be brought up. Conference is, uh, is about being raw and exposing yourself. Um, you know, it is, I think one of the qualities of a great coach is, you know, um, coach as a performer. Um, you still need to yeah. be able to put yourself under pressure. I mean, it can be in any yep. sort of discipline, but that's really important to me. And so, you know, one of, one of the fears is in your mind, you still think that you can play the way that you used to play. And of course, uh, coaching, one of the, you know, things that I'm really good at is, is of course, hitting the ball to the person or just outside of their reach um, to push them. So, you know, when we started playing this match and, uh, and then, you know, my forehand, which has always been my strength, when that left me, um, that, there were some moments there where I thought, you know, what, what is my relationship with this game? Um, fortunately, what I did is I got straight back on the horse and entered this in another event. Oh, there you um, go. So we yeah. could, um, you know, uh, get over that one quite quickly and, and obviously put all the mindset strategies that I really believe in into place because it's, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether you're a beginner, intermediate, advanced, elite, high performer, um, we all get struck by anxiety or competitive ah. um, competitive uh, fear and anchoring affirmations, um, being able to turn to those those points and those anchor points in your own game, I think is um, really important. But that's my biggest fear. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> yeah. 
one of the reasons why the mindset strategies are so, so important that I can't wait to share with everyone at Tennis Ah, uh, Yes, yes. As we mentioned uh, previously um, when we talked the other day, I, that's one of the most important things I am so excited for us all to talk about as a group, as a team, um, because I think that, uh, that that's just, it's just a tremendous part that is unfortunately maybe um, at times overlooked. Um, yeah, under-practiced, really. So please I invite everybody. Yeah, there's two sessions on the Friday morning. Uh, it's called um, Tennis Visualization. And really, mm -hmm. I'll be taking some of the words um, from uh, the Bob, Lit Bob Litwin's opening speech um, and just really embedding that. It's a short six-minute visualization um, that I'll be running twice on the Friday morning. So it's not okay. a long time, but it's just to set your day with intention and um, you're warming up your mind before you even get out on court, before you even eat breakfast and just um, really embedding um, in your subconscious what you want which is to do with that growth mindset and just trusting your intuition that you'll take in the tools and the skills and uh, the information that's exactly right for you. So uh, I invite everyone to, to pop along to that. I think, uh, did, did you do that two years ago? Did you I've do that? I've done it every year. So those yeah. who've been along, uh, last year I did a, a tennis meditation uh, and then the year before was a visualization. So um, this year, going back to the visualization piece. Okay, um, okay. Because so. I know I attended one of those and it was really fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would also encourage, do it. Just do it. Yeah, just, <laughs> if, you're in, if you're team 18, team infinity, we know no boundaries. Um, as some of you may or may not know, that's, uh, we are team 18 and uh, we believe in uh, hard work. Yep. Commitment to self-improvement. <laughs> uh, yeah, having no boundaries to our, to our learning and our development. Okay, so moving on to the next question, which really goes right along with, um, along the lines of what we've been talking about uh, the last few minutes here. Um, so this one gets a little personal, um, but it's important to get personal and sort of be self-reflective uh, in order to improve. Um, but so... What is the trait that you most deplore <laughs> in yourself as a tennis player? And you can pass to me because, like I said, I've had time to think about these. Passing to you. <laughs> okay, pass to me. So I'll go first. <laughs> so I um, am not a naturally aggressive person. And so on the tennis court, um, I am a fabulous practice partner. <laughs> uh, I can hit balls forever and I love to, you know, let's work out cross courts down the lines, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to do. Um, and so I think one of the things that I deplore in myself as a tennis player is that even when I'm competing, I kind of default to a comfortable space of just hitting the ball back instead of recognizing and taking opportunities to be in control of the point and uh, win the point. <laughs> and so I wish that I could be a little bit more um, aggressive. <laughs> Because otherwise, if, if there's such a thing as a, a professional practice uh, player, I'd, I'd, I'd be great at it. <laughs> All right. Well, I would now say almost the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah. But disclaimer, that it's improved tremendously over the years, mostly due to 6 a.m. track workouts in college when I was being a poor teammate and not recognizing a good shot that was made by someone else. <laughs> so right. I always felt like my mentality was you were able to hit that good shot because I hit you that ball, which allowed that to happen. And had I hit a better shot, you couldn't have hit. Well, right, right taught that that was not the right attitude. Um, <laughs> so I think I'm a much better uh, opponent in terms of recognizing just good play and, um, and, 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 you know, it actually really helped my game. And when I coached 
college players, it really, if you can get someone to understand that, it really helps take the pressure off of them as well to just accept the fact that your opponent's going to sometimes just hit too good of a shot or play too well that day. So, Well, I, mean, I need to be more like you, Tina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the complimentary team. Yeah. And then play right there in the middle. I yeah, think. I'm somewhere in the middle. Would you believe? Oh, this is really team 18, the dream team. Uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely somewhere in the middle. I mean, obviously, uh, when I was young, you know, growing up. Um, Except when she plays ping pong. Well, ah, I was about to bring up ping pong is a whole different deal. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I, you know, I grew up, I was number three of four children, and so you know, to be up to be in that environment, there was always seven people at the dinner table. So you even it was competitive just to be heard at night and to tell your story of the day. Or um, so it doesn't matter whether I was playing cards or um, playing ping pong or uh, <laughs> last champion until. This one beat me at Christmas last year. But, um, yeah, I, I essentially, you know, I love to compete. So letting go was it was the biggest area. I could hold on to that one, you know, that one dry volley that, that I missed at 3-1 when I had chances to go 4-1 up and I'm still thinking about it in midway through the right. second set. Right, um, right. You know, I now, uh, you know, as you know, study a lot of this stuff and I have the, the three-second principle, I have the release strategy where you push the racket, the butt cap of the racket into your hand really, really hard. So it makes like a stop symbol and then you yell at yourself like stop. So it's you can be shitty at yourself for three seconds or three steps and then it's being able to release. And that's one thing that um, the great Nick Boletari said, the sign of all, all champions is how fast they can let go of something. So uh, they're super competitive. Yes, they're super dirty on themselves that they – they missed that shot or they didn't get to that ball or, or whatever it might be, but they can right. then go, right, what have I got to do? Next point, next point, next point, next shot, next next game plan, next game. Uh, and, yeah, it's it's um, Darren Cahill said the other day, you know, tennis is, it's, yes, it's a marathon, but you can only think in relation to two games. It's like a sprint for two games is the way that he described it. It's just two games. What have I got to do in the next two games? Just the next... Just that's all you can focus on. So um, I think it's, um, yeah, that turned into one of my areas for development because I probably sit somewhere in the middle. I still <laughs> don't ah. go as quickly as I should and other times I do. So, so I couldn't help but think about the um, uh, Ariana Grande song, Thank You, Next. <laughs> Thank was, You, Next. I was thinking of that, let it go, let it go. Stuck in the middle with you. Stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Thank you, next. Yeah. Focus to the left of me. Clowns to the what? <laughs> okay. Okay. So moving on. Um, this was a tough one for me. So again, you can pass because I had time to think about it. But um, which living tennis player do you most admire and why if y'all want if y'all want me to go first i can i mean i've always loved McEnroe, so i have to throw him ah. in there even though it's controversial but i i think maybe i feel like i understand him because i had similar tendencies sometimes not quite as bad not on tv good thing um but <laughs> and I, i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm going to pump up Tina's ties here because she, she's too humble to say this, but she actually, because um, she's lefty, she warmed up for McEnroe for one of his matches because they had the same coach in Tony Palafox. So oh, she awesome. actually warmed John up for one, because he had to play a lefty. So she got to um, warm him up. That's, that's how good of a tennis player oh, she is. That? that is so cool. <laughs> cool story. But yeah, and I think a lot of people now appreciate him understanding when now with his commentating and how smart he really is and, 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 yeah. and insightful and that kind of thing. But then I think it's almost impossible not to put Federer in that. In that oh, sure. I mean, there's really nothing about that guy you can really say isn't really pretty fantastic. So he's been really yeah. fun to have in the game for so long. And what about a oh. role model to you? Well, that's a tough one too because I really do love Serena because I love her grit. I mean, yep. yes, she's made some poor choices here and there, maybe. Who doesn't? Yeah. Again, so has McEnroe, so I can... Yeah. Uh, so have I. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know anybody who hasn't made some poor choices. Hey, make it right here. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think it, it, it's... They've done so much for the game. 
you know, and, and, and honestly, even with McEnroe back in the day, I, I was talking about how he, people watch tennis, whether they wanted him to lose or win, they watched it. Right. So I, I kind of appreciate right. that era where they had so many different personalities. And you know, I think Serena brings that. And um, we have a few new ones on the rise that I think, too, that are going to oh, for sure. bring that back. Oh, for sure. Maybe an Aussie that Emma might know of. In which case, I'll uh, probably take the ball here. And, uh-huh. uh, yeah, definitely. Um, the, the coming to straight away coming to mind, I mean, when I was really little, you know, with my, my wooden racket, I used to pretend I was Yvonne Gulagong Cawley. Ah, nice. And, um, and she's, you know, I've had the chance to work with her back in, in Australia and some of the great initiatives that she does, you know, with the Indigenous community. And, yeah, just a really, really beautiful person. And then when I got a little bit older, I, like, literally wanted to be Steffi Graf. Um, oh, had wow. outfits and... Yeah, and I modelled my game on hers. I had the slice backhand, the big forehand. Right, right. Uh, and that's so I really, yeah, I really, you know, obviously turned to her. And now currently um, Ash Barty's, you know, just ah. you can, if you can really um, think of anyone, we, I, don't, I can't think of anyone better in terms of role model for young kids, um, respectful of the game. And she's not... You know, she's not defined by I am a tennis player. You know, that's right. not who she is. She plays tennis. Right. Uh, who she is, that's huge. She's an absolutely yeah. person with such great values that I think that's why she's done so well. You know, take a year out of the game, come back, make sure you're thirsty and you want it. And, uh, you know, so there's th- three players that come to mind for me on that side. And then, and then the other flip side of the coin, of course, Pat Rafter. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. My, mainly Aussie examples, but um, yeah. <laughs> again, just that, you know, all-round nice guy and, and, you know, the way he maximised his skill set. And he wasn't, you know, in the under-12s, he was, wasn't was even ranked top 10, top 20. I think he was just outside top 30, you know, in the 12s. So right. it wasn't like he was a, a junior. He kind of really just developed and, and grew into his game and maximised his strengths. Um, and I used to love watching him play and some great memories with Davis Cup couple of Davis Cup wins and that I was got to witness and so forth so um, there's some that come to mind over to you ah over to me yes um so you know I thought I thought a lot about this one actually and because there's so many good I mean there's so many good ones out there you know I mean it would be impossible to list all of you know the people that have done so much for the game whether it's Althea Gibson or Arthur Ashe or Billie Jean King or, you know, but uh, like, you know, my uh, greatest living um, person I admire in the tennis community at the moment is actually, oop, sorry, can you still see me? Oh, there we go, sorry, Um, is Andre Agassi. Um, And I was always an Agassi fan growing up anyway, but it only became, I only became more of a fan after he uh, published his book and was so honest and was so honest about, um, you know, the hardships that he went through, whether it was pressure from his parents or not wanting to play the game or wearing a hairpiece or, <laughs> you know, a difficult marriage or, um, substance abuse or, you know, I, I love the fact that he was so honest and so open and so transparent about what he went through. And after being at the top of the game, went back and was like, you know, going and picking up his own balls, (laughs) you know, no ball kids and you have to come back up and, and his relationship with, with, with Gil and, um, working so hard physically to come back. Um, and he did come back and, and was so successful. And I just, I admire him so much and I admire what he has done so much in his retirement that reflects on the things that meant so much to him um, that maybe he didn't have the chance to do. Like he obviously had some privileges and had a lot of opportunities that some people don't have, but uh, the fact that he now, um, you know, makes education such a priority for, for kids that maybe wouldn't get such a great education 
where they are, um, you know, and of course he's married to Steffi Graf, which is, I mean, you know, that's just what you say, but, but yeah, so for, for me, it's Andre just cause, because of, I just love people that can go ahead and just own, own their life, own the good and the bad and the ugly and come out, um, and produce something positive. Yeah. So Andre for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, next question. Let me find it before I get more emotional about Andre Agassi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. Oh, this is a fun one. Okay. We've been very deep so far. So this is a fun one. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> the ball's in the middle. <laughs> what is your greatest tennis extravagance? Hmm. <laughs> Over to you, Jen. While we think about uh, uh, sunglasses, I own like a ridiculous amount of sunglasses, and I don't even wear sunglasses that often, which is weird. It's like I just like I like them. I like having them, and then a lot of times I don't even wear them. But yeah, I have a lot of nice pairs of sunglasses. It's really silly. Like, <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> Uh, I'll go next. Uh, well, maybe um, I'll maybe throw something a little bit embarrassing out there, but I uh, I did actually have a a stylist come over to my house once when I was ah, learning about um, yeah. seasons and colours and what matches me and my um, skin tone, and I put all <laughs> my tracksuits, you know, because she comes <laughs> first, and right, I had all right. these tracksuits, and you know, and she threw out. 75% of my tracksuits because she just said they're the wrong colors. So what my eye was naturally really? to, yeah, um, more like even like say um, khaki, as in not khakis, as in <laughs> khaki. <laughs> For those of khaki. us that don't understand. American, <laughs> yeah. Um, and sort of the like oranges and the, and sort of like a softer reds and um, they sort of all just washed me out. So it was really interesting. Um, so going for more, I'm more of a winter color person. So that means that the crisper colors or the ice colors um, work really well. And so I can't, if my outfit doesn't, isn't color coordinated down to my socks and sometimes even <laughs> underwear, could I just say that on your podcast? Um, it really, uh, it bothers me. So now that I had this done and I had this new insight, um, I love to be color coded. So <laughs> as you can imagine, that's you know that's not that easy. And, and when you're, especially this no, year, because you know certain like even for Tess Congress, the mint shoes go with the you know the mint and the white outfit. But then you don't want to be too matchy matchy. But then you don't want to be too clashy clashy. So anyway, <laughs> what I go through, and I'll, I'll I'll put out or each of my outfits for Friday, Saturday, Sunday as soon no. as I arrive. So, so that I know uh, what I'm wearing. No, like, <laughs> I totally understand. I must admit, I have a, I have a hair appointment for Wednesday um, before I come to see y'all on Thursday. Tomorrow. <laughs> nice. I don't know that I have one. Um, I think you know the luxury of coaching collegiately for so long, and you know playing when I did is, I I got a lot of stuff, so I just was lucky to get. <laughs> A lot of different outfits that especially being female head coach so you're coaching a women's team so basically whatever you order for them you get and yeah a few little extras in there you know depending on the budget but um yeah so no i don't think i yeah. ever and she has a tremendous number of hats well yeah hats i, I never wore a hat playing tennis until i went to college and then i don't think i really for four years which you would notice if you saw what it looked like the same hat. Now she has I love I love hats. I love hats. I love hats and visors. Oh yeah, I don't know how I played outdoors without it, but yeah. <laughs> I do have some hats. What's well, that is, well <laughs> Oh, oh, this is a fun one too. Okay, so gets a little bit back deeper. <laughs> deeper. <laughs> um what is your current state of mind as it pertains to tennis? It's a big one. 
It is. My current state of mind. Yeah, because you could go in lots of different directions. Lots of different directions. I'm actually really excited about this Tennis Congress. I've heard quite a bit about it from Emma and a few others, and PJ's obviously an amazing guy in, in, in every area. So I know it's going to be a really well-done event, and it's obviously been done before, so we already, they already know what they're doing. But, um, you know, the one thing that I do enjoy always is coaching people that, that want to get better, that aren't yeah. there because they have to be there, aren't there because they couldn't find a babysitter, you know, we've all been there as coaches, coaching at clubs and right. too. there's players that their goal was to get the scholarship, not actually do anything once they have it. And um, so it's exciting to think that I'm going to be somewhere around all these different people from all over the world that want to be there, that are looking to learn, that, that want the information and, and want to apply it. So I've never not enjoyed a lesson with, with someone like that. So yeah, no doubt about it. Beautiful answer. Yeah. No doubt. Emma, you, me, what you got? Uh, you can go, Jen. You be, me go, me go, me go. Okay. Um, so, um, all right. Uh, so I, um, you know, am, am a big supporter of the ITPA, the International Tennis Performance Association, which is how I met PJ. Um, I met him at the ITPA World Conference, I don't know, maybe five years ago, something like that, um, through my dear, dear, and now unfortunately departed friend, um, Ollie Stevens, and uh, his wonderful wife will be there, and I can't wait to see Milena, um, but but really for me, as far as a current state of mind with the game, um, again, going back to sort of the horrific injury that, that I've been dealing with for over a year now, um, I've been trying to read everything I can and learn everything I can um, to, to be a better coach of the health of my players um, to as far as avoiding injury and trying to understand how different people are, 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 have different physical makeups. I mean, my husband and I are a great example. He's like a tall, skinny guy and I'm, you know, kind of a short round person, um, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> endomorph, ectomorph, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, so, so it's been, um, a good journey for me to, um, grow more empathy because I've been very fortunate throughout my, um, playing and coaching journey that I've really been basic, basically healthy. I mean, I, I haven't had uh, a lot of injuries. I haven't, I don't get sick very often. And so this um, injury that happened a year ago was, was pretty life-changing. And so for me, the current state of mind would be really um, trying to learn more how to be a better coach um, regarding that aspect um because I think you know there's so much there's so much when you want to be a good coach you know you you got to coach technique you got to coach strategy you want to talk about you know hydration and nutrition and you um you want to do assessments and you need to be there's I mean the list goes on and on and on and on and parent parent education is huge and there's so many things but then when it gets down to injury prevention or being there for a player that is injured and recovering. Um, I really didn't have a lot of experience with that, to be quite honest. And so now to have gone through it myself, um, I've been kind of obsessed with it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, that's me for, for now. <laughs> Well, thanks for sharing, Jen. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really do think, um, again, I, I know I keep going on about how amazing our team is. Uh, yeah. um, not only do we all get along great, uh, but just, you know, what we can all bring. So, you know, my current state of mind is just like, I'm excited about, you know, you, you being able to openly share your experience, but, you know, all the research you've been doing around single strategy and how that's really going to impact the doubles world. And then, you know, Tina's an absolute, yep. she's got world-class volleys and, and not to mention knowledge of, of doubles. 
Um, so yeah, together we're also doing another um, presentation uh, that I'll be leading and Tina will be helping. And hopefully, Jen, if you're around, I'd love your support as well on Aussie tactics. Yeah. So yeah. we did that one last year. So we, we're adding in um, what we call um, reverse Aussie. So it's actually not just tandem um, standing on the same side, but it's standing just on the other side, um, but right right down. So we're going to add layer that one in. We're going to re, you know, re um, go over talking about the strengths of Australian formation in doubles. Nice. And I'm really excited to bring reverse Aussie. Never done that in a presentation before. So nice. excited to bring that new tactic into play. It's it's very advanced, but I still believe that if you've got the physicality and the mindset, anyone can do it um, to good effect. That's only going to strengthen your your team's strengths and um, minimize areas for development. Notice I didn't say weaknesses. So um, <laughs> yeah, we're really pumped about that. And I think, um, yeah, Tina and I would love to just even quickly mention how excited we are um, about, you know, the game in general and giving that high performance mentality, um, not to mention my birthday being on Friday. Did I mention it was get my birthday? <laughs> with regards to the Once first day. <laughs> um, Friday the 18th of October, yes. Uh, um, very special day. National holiday. Yes, of course. On, and we're going to be spending it on a tennis court. Couldn't think of anything better. And so, yeah, we, we're really pumped about what um, even next year is going to look like for us and working with players that really want to take their game to the next level. So if we can just quickly mention one thing we're going to be talking about is... Yes, Costa Rica, a Wimbledon tennis retreat. Um, we're, really, we're really pumped about it. Tina's got the, the back half of the flyer, seven days, six nights, um, and we're going to be um, uh, launching that at, at Congress. We're just going to um, just let people know about it. It's not a big sales oh, pitch. It's just can, it's only open to eight I want to go. I want to go. You can certainly, uh, certainly help us. <laughs> Find a way, I'm sure. So, um, be, yeah, just just mentioning that again. It's not it's not a big sales pitch. It's only open to eight players, um, and it's June eight to 14, 2020 in Costa Rica um, at a five star resort. Um, but really, um, uh, more sort of really personalised. So it's not a, as in when I say a resort, it's just a villa. Um, Pura Vida house. So it's only us staying at the house. You know, you have access to the resort facilities. It's a real personalized experience. Um, and obviously, Tina played pro golf as well. So, mentoring. So, you know, our state of mind with regards to giving people the very best possible experience um, with tennis, golf, and pickleball, uh, which is what the three sports that we're certainly very passionate about. We're going to be entering some pickleball tournaments ourselves next year. So, um, you know, state of mind couldn't be better um, of unleashing human potential and through, you know, through action, through taking motivating action and dedicated action to self-improvement. So uh, we're really pumped about that. So can't wait. Yeah. All of those that's, exciting things. That's so. There are so many. I need. I need to be taking notes. Except that I can't take notes right now because I'm holding my telephone. Man, I can't wait to see y'all next week. Yeah. <laughs> We've got flyers, so we're just going to pop them up. Ah! Up the and um, yeah, we're just going to leave them out there so people know where to access that that information. Okay, so we go back to a fun question. This one's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> again, as it relates to tennis and being on the tennis court, on what occasion do you lie? <laughs> oh. <laughs> only tennis here, only tennis here. We're not talking. Tina, I think that Tina is like one of the most honest people you'll ever meet. And just as a warning to everyone in our group, if you want to know exactly what she's thinking, she's probably going to tell you. So and I know a lot of, you know, reading through the players, a lot of players really like that approach. So. I'm from New yeah. York. What do you expect? I'm from New York with a Norwegian mother. There's no sugarcoating yeah. anything. So, I mean, I've learned through changing my language, thanks to Emma Doyle, to tell the truth in a way that's a little bit more empowering. Right, right. Okay. At the same time there. Yeah. Love that. But, no, um, 
I don't think I really lie. I might hold some things back, depending. I think you're better to put it, yeah. I'm sure, okay. again, in the college world, I had players that probably wish I would have lied more, and but you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, you're trying to win, so. And improve people. Yeah, and, and I think that's part of at least understanding how I coach is just that it's never personal. It, it's, it's just trying to, trying to find ways to, to get a message across and a lot of them don't work. So you just keep throwing them out until one sticks and one that right. works for you or doesn't work for the next person. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. What about you? When do you lie? Um, well, uh, I think that, yeah, what, what came to mind is all the probably opposite stuff of what you, doesn't really address the question at all, but essentially, you know, being competitive, I would have done anything I could to win within the rules. Um, so again, I would never lie, but I'd certainly maybe, um, yeah. I, I we have arguments I can't about think this. Of anything specific, <laughs> but like taking bathroom breaks when you don't need the bathroom. Totally against it, personally. Right. So whereas I, if somebody's having a complete meltdown. Um, like Junior Fed Cup last year, one of my players was having a complete meltdown. Okay. And one said all that it was just more about actually just getting her um, trying to break state. So anything that you can do to help break state. So that's it's not a lie. It's within the rules of the game. But <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, but that could Soon be changing. They're going to bring. Well, it could be, it's not even like going to the bathroom, but it's, it's changing your shirt, like changing the state of mind. Um, so I'm a big believer in all of those concepts. Uh, and I had another really good point, but it's just left me. So we can come back to it. We can come back. We can come Maybe. back because cause I, I, I kind of had two. And so I, I think um, my first one is kind of as, as a coach. Um, oh, that was it. <laughs> as a coach, it, if I try to discern if someone actually wants to hear the truth or if they're just sort of deflecting and need encouragement, like if somebody, if, if, if one of my players just came to me like, you know, my forehand return is just really sucking today, you know, and they want, and, you know, and I'm like, Hmm you know, should I be like, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, you know, think, well, let's think of how we're going to, you know, go against this. So I think, I think kind of as a coach, uh, discerning what the player needs to hear, um, is important. Um, hopefully it's, it's truthful cause I'm, I'm a terrible liar, like terrible. <laughs> So, but you know, you know, if somebody needs to hear something, encouragement, even if they're, you know, <laughs> if, if, it, if things are going downhill quickly, you know, it's like, no, hey, you know, keep fighting. <laughs> All is not lost. You know? uh, so I think, I think the discernment to know what somebody actually needs to hear, whether it's the truth or <laughs> not. Is, is an important thing as a coach um, and uh, as a player um, I uh, and this is funny because this didn't really happen much in juniors or in college but uh, as I've played some adult adult tennis leagues um, things get can get very contentious you know women can be very very difficult but um, <laughs> you know uh, I I, I I wouldn't call it a lie, but I will never, um, I shouldn't say never, but I, I don't like to disagree with my partner. So maybe my partner missed the call. Maybe it was on purpose. Maybe not. I don't know. Cause I'm not inside her head. Um, you know, if it's uh, something that's just outrageous, then yeah, you get, you're like, no, actually, you know, this, this. but, but in general, as far as, as fudging a little bit, like, I feel like it's important as, a, and, and Tina, you'll, you, you know a lot more about doubles than I do, but, but in general, I'm going to, I'm going to go with my partner, even if I might feel like, mm, 
I don't know. So, so I invite your opinion on that. Oh, well, going back to me, um, what I'm like, actually, the, my sophomore year, we were lucky enough to be competing for a national title at Georgia. And it came down to my doubles match with my partner because we played doubles last when I played college tennis. And uh, I actually overruled my partner on a call in that match. Mm -hmm. call. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. It was popular, but I was very sure. Yeah. The chair, but the chair is only there to overrule. They weren't there to really. And at that point, I don't think any chair was really willing to get involved. It was the deciding match to, to win it. Oh, but we ended up winning, so I feel like, you know, karma, you know, we... No, that's but, a huge respect, huge respect for that. Yeah, yeah but I, I, I totally get what you're saying, and I think you've got to really know, you got to really know. If you're not sure, then you're better off just sticking with... Well, I just think, especially in a, an adult um, recreational setting, there are so many emotions that go into... You call it out, but now I'm going to say you're wrong and call it in. And so now it's three against one. And, and now, you know, you know how, how people can be. And it just escalates into, oh, do you think I'm a cheater? What do you, do you not like me anymore? Oh, no, now my partner doesn't like me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so there are so many directions that can go. So. <laughs> yep, that's a tough one. Yeah, it is. It is. And what, is what part you didn't remember now? Uh, um, the part that I remembered to say, yeah, was one of my core philosophies. And um, if you haven't had a chance to see my TEDx talk, uh, it's called Unleashing Female Potential. Uh, but it's got great messages um, for any aspiring tennis player. And, yeah, just one of my, my core um, things that I believe in is, is – um, you know, when I was a young coach, certainly the sandwich feedback used to be really popular, you know, give a positive, give, yep. give a negative yep. and give a positive. And I just don't really believe in that at all. Um, so I won't give a positive if a positive isn't due. Uh, right. And also equally, one of my core philosophies is to focus on what you need to do better, not what you did wrong. Because every time you say to a player, why'd you miss that return? They'll list at least five things that they did wrong. Which right. usually three out of five are pretty accurate. My head shifted. I was off balance. I wasn't ready. I was thinking about something else and I'm flat footed and I had been all day. So none of that information is really that useful because that, that's accurate. I mean, they already know it. So why focus energy on it? So use metaphors, um, ways that tap into their personality and their learning preference um, that then embed what they need to do better. All right. Well, fire off your anchor next time. Focus on um, turning your shoulders earlier. Keep your head still. And obviously not that many cues, but there's at least two or three cues where you can be really tough on someone, change your tone in an empowering way where you're not lying because you're, you're actually being really honest, but in a way that right. strengthens their inner voice. So they're saying to themselves, hey, next time, which are my two favorite sort of cue words to remember that, turn earlier or next time head still or next time fire off my anchor so I'm I'm just ready for the return so yep. um that's the one thing that kind of came to my mind in relation to you know the concept of, of lying which of course all three <laughs> don't believe in of course <laughs> you know I, I I love I love that I love what you just said I think we could do a whole podcast just on that on coaching cues in the in the positive voice versus the negative voice versus instead of the player hearing in their head don't do this and then they're focusing yeah then they're focusing on what not to do but i say bricks not bricks yeah so anyway yeah well i'm sure and maybe we are the sandwich, the sandwich, the three of us. But, um, but no, and just I don't want people to be misconfused with what they're about to experience because, I mean, positive, like a positive voice, um, a lot of people think, oh, it's, it's fluff and it's, you know, you just, it's not. It's actually no. really being tough on the player. It's yep. actually, and it's being, you're doing it faster and quicker and you're only really giving ever positive feedback if it's really earned and you've seen something at least repeated minimum three times before they're even going to get close to getting, you know, and then they'll be like, okay, yes, that's the feeling or that's the look 
or that's the yep. thoughts that I need to be able to reproduce so that I can happen over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love it when I, um, yeah, I, I go to a lot of junior tournaments and uh, I, I, I'll see a player, um, male or female, miss a ball, whatever it may be, and then they're back there like shadowing that stroke and moving their feet and shadowing that stroke. And I'm like, that is such a positive response. Mm to what just happened rather yeah. than so many negative. negative. A lot of people miss the ball and then shadow, shadow that instead of right. Right, oh. right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so, right so, we, we, we might have, can we got time for, you got one more question because we're going to have to wrap oh. it up. Oh, okay, okay. All right, so we'll ha we will have to, con can we continue tomorrow? Can we no, maybe we do can't, no. That's why I was no, like, that's no, today. Ah, so, okay. How many, uh, can we go rapid fire questions? We can go rapid fire. Like four we'll Okay. Um, okay. Rapid fire. Uh, what is the quality you most like in a tennis player? <laughs> rapid fire. Boom. Resilience. Great. Good. Um, I was going to say owning mistakes or building up the uh, building up their partner. All right. So rapid fire. Uh, <laughs> which words or phrases do you most? Um, overuse <laughs> just kidding i say that all the time but i don't think that's on the tennis court um <laughs> uh, what do i say oh i do say does that make sense a lot <laughs> because i don't make sense sometimes yeah okay. Checking for understanding uh i say <laughs> Rapid fire. We said rapid fire. What do, uh, maybe, I can't, uh, probably next time. Yeah. Okay. Next I, time I, and then ask a I, question. I, I, I'm thinking doubles when I say this and I'll be like, forget about it. Forget about it. And I'm trying to be funny. Like, oh, forget about it. Forget about it. Next time. Next time. Bad luck. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Anyway. Okay. So, um, ooh, oh, sorry, this is a tough rapid fire one, but, but I, I can start. Uh, so when and where were you happiest on a tennis court? I can say that for me, um, I had an opportunity uh, to teach tennis and live in Italy um, for a summer, and that was uh, some of the happiest times of my life, uh, place and time. Um, it was uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, happiest happiest time and place. Uh, when where for tennis? I mean, obviously, college winning a title was you can't not like that. Um, yeah, of course. Um, NCAA's. NCAA's. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Fed Cup, even though I got smashed on the red clay because she played Fed Cup for Norway. Tina and red clay do not work hand in hand ever. <laughs> I hit and then slide, not ideal, um, but still really cool to be part of that. And coaching? Coaching, um, I think really that's any time I had a player at battling, didn't matter whether it was for a title or for a win, it was just seeing seeing someone battle, which is always fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. For me, definitely. Was it, was it our doubles? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was definitely going from, you know, from Melbourne, Australia to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, playing at MTSU and we're playing for a team. Um, you know, just that first day of practice when I had six other people cheering for me just to make six balls cross court. That was the first drill, first day, and I'll never forget it. Um, as was my first ever college match. And the second one is last year as the Australian Junior Fed Cup captain um, of the under-16s girls team. We weren't even meant to qualify and we ended up winning Asia Shana and finishing six in Budapest to the World Championships. And it was more about the, uh, the way that we gelled as a team and uh -huh. how I had felt like I had multi-personality disorder at the end of the week because I had to be so many different things to so many different people that helped us create an environment um, of, of success and our, our values, which were the incredible raging elephants, which stood for improvement, <laughs> respect, and employment. And we, uh, we, yeah, it was a really happy time. So that's right. a happy Next time. Question. All right. We've got four, we've got four questions to go, go rapid fire here. Four questions to go. Um, 
Which talent would you most like to have? Mine is a toss-up between Federer's forehand and Serena's serve. Um, I'll, I would take either at the drop of a hat. <laughs> well, any ground stroke, really, <laughs> from anyone. And I'm <laughs> a tweener. I could never do a tweener. Oh, I've never. I can't who's, do that. Who's I'm, I, I, who's tweener? I want Fed's tweener. Fed's. Like, <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, as controversial as this answer is, I mean, I I love flashy shots as well. Like anything that Kyrgios really puts his hand to is, is magic. Um, we won't talk about his mindset on this podcast um, <laughs> as it's rapid fire. And uh, <laughs> Ash Barty's slice backhand and Samantha Stoza's kick serve and uh, the mindset of Simona Halep. Nice. Nice. Okay. Okay. The one thing you would love to improve about your game, mine is my backhand volley because it is terrible. Uh, 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 uh. It's an area for development. <laughs> area for, Tina's going to give you a lesson. We'll fix that up next next week. <laughs> <laughs> Can you fix my backhand volley? I would really appreciate that. I ground again, you know. I, I found a way to get the ball back, but it wasn't. <laughs> Pretty. Tina, <laughs> Tina had an interesting story. She went from a full Western grip to almost a Conti. Well, pretty much a Conti. And I thought I did it before college until I saw photos from my freshman year, which apparently I still had a Western grip. So I don't even know when it happened. <laughs> but she didn't happen. Talking about, you know, going back to being nervous or how to handle the, I was so nervous that I wouldn't hit it. It would like bounce before the net. So at some point I decided to change to a Continental and just chip and come in. So chip there and you go. So she, I like it. she does I like look it. like Johnny Mac as well. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, you know, it is rapid fire, but look, a quick, very quick story from my junior days. Uh, and that's, um, yeah, I got, I uh, was about to play in a, a junior grand final and um, yeah, I got hit by a car and um, fractured my leg in a couple of places and um, oh, God. my left, um, my left forearm. So I couldn't play that next day. I was absolutely devastated and, and uh, sat in a chair and my, my coach taught me how to slice. And um, I haven't really been able to hit a decent double-handed topspin backhand since then. <laughs> so, um, since that day, because it was in the era of the slice, you know, no one knew how to handle my slice and, and my drop shot was the best part of my game. So, um, so yeah, that's one. So it's it's since then, you know, and I'm with coaching. You've always got balls in his hand, so I, I very rarely practice the double hander. And uh, yeah, it's 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 escaped me. There's no doubt, and I don't practice enough to <laughs> to get the feel of it. So anyway, <laughs> I'll take a tossing backhand from anyone. <laughs> all right, all right. This is a tough one to do rapid fire, we but go. We can do it. Um, what do you consider your greatest tennis achievement? <laughs> I'll start. I'll start. No, go ahead, Tina. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So same two things. I, I mean, obviously, again, doing what we did at Georgia while I was there was pretty special. One year we won um, SEC, NCAAs, and at National Indoors. So can't really I think we lost two matches all year. What? Um, I was going to say your um, relationship with some of your past Oh, yeah, yeah, players. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, now, obviously, obviously, I have kids married, having kids in law school, keeping in touch with a lot of them and hearing what they're up to is, is, is always super fun. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so as, as a coach, it's just that, you know, having, having that impact. impact. Yeah, because that's, I mean, definitely I know Tina talks about that a lot and that's, you know, for sure what comes to my mind is the relationships that I have with past players, uh, you know, and as you know, Jenny, I do now a lot of life coaching, uh, executive coaching, corporate coaching, and so I'll, I'm now still coaching some people that I worked with from 10 years of age. Uh, I'm going back to Melbourne in about a month's time and running a full empowerment day for a flight centre uh, a travel company um, for a guy that I used to coach. So, 
you know, he's now managing a team and now he's bringing me in to now coach that team. So it's, it, but it's seeing them in those roles. It's, it's watching a girl that I coached do her father's funeral speech. Um, so they're, they're probably my proudest coaching moments. Well, whatever. The, was that the question? No. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, was no. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, well, I, I have to, I have to continue along those lines. I mean, because I know that all of us have a lot of uh, letters behind our name <laughs> to be proud of. But um, you know, just recently, I uh, was invited to a bar mitzvah of one of the kids that I had started teaching in Red Bull you know, and uh, red, orange, green, yellow, junior team tennis, tournaments, traveling, you know, and I got to know his whole family. And um, when I got invited to his bar mitzvah, I just, I was so honored. I mean, I was so honored. And the whole thing was actually a tennis theme. And um, it was just, it was one of the most special things um, in my life. I'll remember it forever. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, it was just such a sweet hug, you know, to get a, get a big hug and, and, you know, his mom and dad, uh, you know, thanked me for, you know, saying, well, you're, you're the one that started him in ten You're the one, um, uh-oh. Whoa. What happened? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hello. Yep, we got you. We can hear you. Oh, okay, good. I don't know what happened. Um, so, yeah, so, oh, well, there we go. We're back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was just one of the, it, it reminded me of why we do what we do. You know, I mean, when, when you feel like you've made an impact on somebody's life and they're continuing to play tennis or do whatever they're doing, and you might have had a small part in that. I mean, I mean, I don't know how it gets any better. I really don't. So, yeah. so yeah, so yeah. Well, we're actually missing a wedding this weekend. One of my players invited, uh, and so the player, one of the players I talked to all the time, she's going. So it's unfortunate, just too much with tennis congress coming up to Arkansas. <laughs> that, but but uh, yep, it's all always oh, fun. Sure. It's always part of that coaching well, holistic approach, isn't it? Yeah. You're de we're developing, we're in the game of developing people, really, aren't we? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. All right, last two questions. Last two. two. Questions. Okay. Last two. Here we go. So, um, in the tennis world, where would you most like to live? Oh, we've got, we have the perfect scenario. We live in Denver, Colorado, Melbourne, Australia, and Glasgow, Scotland. We have the Global Triangle, and <laughs> where else do I want to live? I'm, I, honestly, everything's just landed and literally only just like as of a month ago, um, but couldn't have it better. And with, with Costa Rica, ah. <laughs> every June. A few trips here and there in between. I mean, I don't know. It's, we've got the ultimate setup, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds it. like it. No, mine, mine is silly because I've never even been there. Where? <laughs> Monte Carlo. I'm like, oh, every time I see Monte Carlo, I'm like, I think I belong there. I just yeah. think, I think I belong there. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wild place. I recommend everyone should visit at least once Never in a Never been. <laughs> Drive okay. the Grand Prix track. All right, last question. Last question. Um, it's just, again, another kind of fun, silly one, but um, what is your most treasured tennis possession? Oh, I have. Um, I trained at a club in New York called Port Washington Tennis Academy that, that yeah. was really well known. Um, back in the day, had it's like, you know, Rennert from McEnroe, Patrick McEnroe, uh, so many good players. And, and um, yeah. anyway, one of the people working there was a guy named Sam Shore, who when I started going there, was probably in his 70s. And Sam was competing in the 80s. Grass oh, wow. Yeah, he competed till his, he passed. Yeah. And he gave me his silver ball that he had lost in the finals mm -hmm. of the 80s or 75s grass courts. And oh my gosh! He came in and he said, "I want to give this to you." So I was, oh. 
Yeah, one of my favorites. And she has about 10, she's won about 10 gold balls, by the way. Sam's is that is another humble achievement that are sitting right behind me here. That is, that is like the best answer ever. That is awesome. That is awesome. He was a pretty okay. special guy. Yeah. I, I never found out why he gave it to me, but I didn't say yeah. no. I took it and ran. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, I was a ball girl for six years at the Australian Open when it first went to Melbourne Park. And I have autographs of just about every player you can imagine um, from in the 80s. So uh, that is a very treasured possession. And I hope to keep it forever. Pass it on to the next generation who appreciate it. <laughs> that, that is wonderful. Mine is not nearly. <laughs> no comparisons, Jen. No comparisons. Go. Mine's not nearly as, as, as interesting. Don't say that. This is a podcast. <laughs> Everything's interesting. So, <laughs> so, so I, I have a, um, <laughs> a favorite jeweler because you knew I do like the blingity bling. And I do. And uh, uh, Roberto Coyne has a line called Tiny Treasures because I don't like big blingy bling. You know, I'm not like a rapper. Um, so, <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> clock around your neck. What's his name? I can't remember. <laughs> but <laughs> Roberto Coyne has a, uh, a tennis racket um, uh, in, in the line of Tiny Treasures, and it was a huge deal uh, when I got it. And, and I will be wearing it when I see you next week. And one of the trademarks of his line, which, uh, of course, I love nostalgic things, is there's a ruby that's always close to your heart. Um, it's very sweet. Uh, there's a whole story. I'm not going to get into all that because this is rapid fire. But yes, so my uh, Roberto coin <laughs> tennis necklace, I'll be wearing it next week. <laughs> right. Well, you know the ruby stone. It's um, my birthstone. Her birthstone, and it also means courage. So, oh, uh, so there you go. So, um, so look, in terms of just wrapping it up, once again, can't wait to see everybody at Tennis Congress. Wow. And uh, Team 18, we are Team Infinity. We stand for three things. Hard work, commitment to self-improvement, and, of yes. course, laughter. <laughs> <laughs> we got that one, yeah. <laughs> and the ball is always in your or mine or hers or Jenny's. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. Uh Thank, Thank you. you. I can't wait to see you next week. Oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> Birthday. Birthday. Birthday time. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good Bye. night. See Bye. See you. <laughs>